Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses. Now, there are, there are some things you can count on, right? Like, what is the saying? That the only things that are certain are death and taxes, right? I think something like that. Uh, maybe Ben Franklin, I think they maybe attribute, attribute that to him. Death and taxes are the only things certain in life. Well, here's, here's what I want to tell you this morning. When God makes a promise, it is certain. It's guaranteed. It's not a question of if, it's only a question of when. When God says, you will receive power, we don't have to wonder. Well, will I receive power? Yes, you will. It's not a question of if, it's only a question of when. It will happen. And that's what we see right here in the book of Acts. The church of Jesus Christ is growing, growing in power and growing in witness. In fact, Jesus at the end of that verse, he says that you're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, right? <coughs> right? To the ends of the earth. In other words, his church will never die. It's guaranteed it's certain his church is going to grow and move forward and 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 to the ends of the earth men and women will be witnesses to the power of Jesus Christ well fast forward to Acts chapter 13 which is where we find ourselves today in our series called reset and here's what Luke says in verse 1 now in the church at Antioch pause right there pause what we see right here is that God is still on the move. God is still giving birth to new expressions of the church in new towns and cities. Antioch is the third largest city in the Roman Empire. In fact, um, the, the like Roman officials, they wanted to make Antioch like the, the second Rome, like Rome part two or something like that. The Rome of the East is how they thought about Antioch. They loved the city so much and it was such an important city. And right here in Acts chapter 13, Antioch is on the way to becoming the second major center of the Christian faith. Scholars will, will talk about Jerusalem as the womb of Christianity and Antioch as the cradle. That's how important this city is to the growth of the Christian movement. But right here in, in Acts chapter 13, there's a little bit of an interesting dynamic that's happening between Jerusalem and Antioch. You see, Jerusalem, Jerusalem's kind of exhausted, man. Like, they're tired. <laughs> They've been persecuted. They've had to go through famine. They're, they're beleaguered. Like, they, they're, they're, they're worn out. <laughs> like, they still love Jesus, but they're, they're exhausted. But in Antioch, in Antioch, it's booming. It's, it's fresh. It's alive. And, and Antioch 
Right here in the first few verses of chapter 13, Antioch can teach us so much of, uh, of what it looks like to be a healthy church, a healthy church. And in fact, that's my title for today's message, What is a Healthy Church? Because I don't know if you know this, but this is the 10-year anniversary of Vertical Church. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that. But come on, man, it's 10 years, 10 years we've been a church, and I'm so excited about, about what God's doing. Uh, in 2010, Vertical Church started, and here, let me just, let me, let me take a second here. In 2020, that's the year we restart. Come on, somebody. 2020, 2010, we started, 20, 2010, we started, 2020, we restart. We've regathered, right? Like today's the first day of in-person in worship experiences. I don't know if you've thought about this, but it's been 20 weeks since we've gathered in person as a church family. So come on, like it or not, like that's where we are, right? We're relaunching, we're replanting. We're welcome to the pre-launch of Vertical Church. We're glad that you're here today. Seriously, like, like that's the, I don't, that's the, that is the, the, the word the Lord put on my heart and Pastor Hope's heart as we began this series, Reset, that this is a season of resetting some things, relaunch, relaunch replant, re, it's, a, it's a rebirthing season for Vertical Church. And so I don't know if it's a coincidence or not that our 10-year anniversary just so happened to land on the Sunday that we had to reschedule for our regathering. I got the Lord works in mysterious ways, and so I'm, I'm just excited. And I want to tell you, I think that the next six to nine months, okay, the next six to nine months are going to set up the next 10 years of our church. I really do. I believe that. We're putting some things in place. Uh, we're, we're looking at, 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 at putting in different leaders in different areas to really kind of give a, a revitalization to our church and, and move forward uh, from where we've been. And I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about it. And I hope you are too. And today, today is part of that because Today I want to start a, a two. Today's a two-part message. Actually, today's part one of what is a healthy church. I'm going to give you five things today. Uh, what is a healthy church? Five marks of a healthy church. And then next Sunday we're going to continue in Acts chapter 13. I'm going to give you six more, six more things that mark a healthy church. So come on, if you have a notebook, you grab it because you need to take notes on this. Five, five marks of a healthy church. What is a healthy church? A healthy church is, number one, a developing church. A developing church. Let me show you this right here because you might be wondering, what does that mean? It's a developing church. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Stop right there. Prophets and teachers. Teachers. Now, to understand what I'm talking about when I say a developing church, we got to look back at how the, the church at Antioch began. Back in Acts chapter 11, it tells us that there were some followers of Jesus after the stoning of Stephen, they left Jerusalem and some of them landed in Antioch and they started preaching the gospel of Jesus to the to the Greeks in the area and people start getting saved. People start turning their life over to Jesus and, and a revival breaks out 
and the disciples catch wind of it in Jerusalem. So they send a man by the name of Barnabas to go up and check out what's going on. Well, Barnabas gets there and in Acts 11, it tells us that he's full of the spirit and he's a good man and he starts leading and teaching and he realizes like there's a lot of happening here. So he goes to Tarsus and he grabs Saul, who most of us know as Paul, and he says, you need to come to Antioch with me and, and, and do this, do this like work with me. Um, and so they spend the next year teaching and developing and growing people so that when Luke gets to Acts chapter 13, verse 1, he can say there were prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch. In other words, that uh, uh, Barnabas and Paul have, have developed leaders more than just themselves. They have multiplied leadership in the church. There are other people teaching and preaching and leading than just Barnabas and Paul. They've developed the gifting of the followers of Jesus who are already in Antioch. You see, prophets, what are prophets? Prophets are men and women who communicate the heart of God in a specific situation. They communicate the heart, the mind, the will of God in a specific situation. And Barnabas and Paul have developed that gifting in, in some people. Well, what are teachers? Teachers are different than prophets. Teachers impart understanding, not just knowledge. A lot of people can impart knowledge. Teachers impart understanding so that people understand the ways of God. When we talk about the spiritual gift of teaching or the, the, uh, the, the office of teacher, we're talking about a woman or a man of God who has the gifting to impart understanding so that people learn and understand the ways of God, the character of God, the love of God, how God operates, who he is. And, and, and here we see in Antioch both prophets and teachers. They're teaching, they're speaking, they're prophesying. Evidently, all the while, Paul and Barnabas are in the seats receiving from the people they have developed. Come on. Like, I want you to know that's my heart. That's what I want to happen right here at our church. Multiple people exercising their gifts, leading out in the mission, leading out in the vision that God has given us to lead people to pursue and display the presence of God right here in Hampton Roads, developing leaders who are engaged in the mission, developing leaders who are equipped to, to lead out of their gifting and see God do amazing things. So a healthy church is a developing church. Number two, a healthy church is a diverse church. Now, listen, I know that word diversity is a real buzzword right now. And some of you, because of different political persuasions, you may be turned off automatically because I use the word diverse or a diverse, like diversity in, a, in the church. Don't be. You got to see it's in, it is a scriptural idea. Let me show you this. Acts chapter 13, verse one. Okay. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. And then, and then Luke lists some of those prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, 
Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, let me, let me kind of unpack this for you. Barnabas is a Jew from Cyprus, the island of Cyprus. Barnabas is from there, and he's a Jew. But Simeon called Niger, he's not from Cyprus, he's not from Antioch. In fact, he's most likely from Africa. That, that word uh, Simeon called Niger, Niger is a Latinized name meaning dark complexion. So most likely Simeon is a black man from Africa. And he's leading, he's one of the prophets and teachers in the church at Antioch. Lucius of Cyrene, he's also from Africa. Cyrene was a coastal community uh, in modern day like Libya, northern Africa. So Lucius is most likely a black man from Africa. He's leading in the church. But Menean, Menean is, is likely from a, a, a wealthy Roman family. And he grew up with Herod the Tetrarch, Herod Antipas. Um, John the Baptist, the, if you remember the, the story about John the Baptist being beheaded and the king when Jesus was crucified, that's the guy that Menean grew up with. So he's likely a Roman from a very wealthy family. And of course, you've got Saul, who would later be called Paul, who's a Jew from Tarsus. It, that's an incredibly diverse group, all leading together, all preaching and prophesying and teaching together. And, and that group probably looks a lot like the city of Antioch because it was a melting pot. There was a people from all over. And so the church looks like the community. Come on. That's what we want. We ought to see that in our churches. There shouldn't be all anything churches. The church should reflect the community in which it is, it is ministering. And I want you to know, like, this is, I long for this. And I think this is true in our church. When I look around and I think about the families of Vertical Church, there's a, there's a lot of diversity in our small little community. We've got, we've got African-American people. We've got, uh, we've got Latin people. We've got some really pasty white-skinned brothers and sisters. We've got people from all over. We've got men leading. We've got women leading. One of, the things, one of the things that we could use some more of in our church are some older brothers and sisters. And that's one of the things I've been praying about. God, send us some older, on fire, Holy Ghost filled men and women of God to lead out, to, 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 to really kind of... Um, um, you know, champion the vision of our church. And we've got some, but I think we could probably use some more. And so uh, that's one of my prayers is that. And, and in our wider community, like diversity, in our leadership teams, diversity, all these people from various places and backgrounds leading in their gifting and leading out in the mission. I think that's awesome. And that's a mark of a healthy church. Number three is a healthy church is a spiritually hungry church. Look at this, Acts chapter 13, verse 2. While they were, look at this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. They were fasting. They were worshiping. They were fasting. A little bit later, it says they were praying. There's a hunger for God to do more than what they've already experienced. They've seen revival, but they want more. They've seen God move, but they want more. There's a, there's a hunger for God. This week in our, in our Facebook Live prayer nights, I shared this quote from John Wesley, and I just, I just felt like I needed to share it again today because this represents my heart. He, he says, if you don't know who John Wesley is, he's the founder 
of the whole Methodist church. Like they, they, they came out of the, the, the move of God that John Wesley initiated along with a lot of other people, but he was at the, the forefront of that. And so he says, my fear is not that our great movement known as Methodists will eventually cease to exist or one day die from the earth. The, my fear, and I, I get this, man, my fear is that our people will become content to live without the fire, the power, the excitement, the supernatural element that makes us great. I share that fear with Wesley, man. My fear is, is that, that we would be content to live without the fire. Like we would not be hungry for more of God, that we would lose our passion, lose our thirst, lose our hunger. But it says right here they were fasting. They were so hungry for more that they were willing to deprive their body of food in order to create an urge physically that would drive them spiritually. And so come on, like you don't have to wait for the church to call a fast to fast. You don't have to wait. If, if you want more of God, more wisdom, more strength, more understanding, then you can like try it this week. Sundown to sundown, like Monday evening, eat dinner, and then don't eat again until Tuesday evening, dinner time. And then spend that time when you would normally eat or prepare food and, and pray and read the word and worship and, and really, really pursue the heart of God. And what happens is out of that spiritual hunger, the fourth mark happens. God speaks. And, and, and that's number four. A healthy church is a spirit-driven church. It's a spirit-driven church. While they were worshiping, verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So here we've got the church at Antioch. We're developing a diverse group of leaders, right? We're, we're hungry for God, but we still need to hear from God. We, we want more. You've blessed us. You've helped us. But God, what else? We need you to speak again. See, Luke, Luke has, he has marvelously stripped away any ambiguity about who's driving this thing. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is driving this story. This whole move of God is a move of the Spirit. The Spirit is doing this. And that's not to say... That, that doesn't mean that the, the, um, the disciples get to be passive, okay? Being a spirit-driven church doesn't create passivity, okay? Because, because in Antioch, we find people, check this out, we find people who know how to listen to the voice of God. They actively listen to the voice of God. And while that may be rare for some of us, it never had to be. Hearing the voice of God does not have to be rare for us. Whenever we, whenever we give ourselves to that spiritual hunger, that spiritual thirst, what, we, what happens is we find ourselves in a place, we find ourselves in a receptive place to the voice of God. And when we're, when we're receptive, receptive to the voice of God, he speaks and we hear him. And, and I love how Luke just destroys the idea. He eliminates the idea of a, of a Holy Spirit who only occasionally speaks, who's mostly silent and every once in a while he'll whisper. No, 
No, no, no. We have a God who speaks in the middle of the multitude and he makes known where we got to go to follow him. And I pray, man, like, Lord, speak in the middle of our church. Speak in the middle of our worship experience. Break in and break through and speak to us, God. We got to be driven by your Holy Spirit. Number five, a healthy church is a mission-focused church. A healthy church is a mission-focused church. Acts chapter chapter 13, verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. It's cr- they sent off Paul and Barnabas, Saul and Barnabas, the, those, who start, those who helped start the church. That sounds crazy, right? Why did they do it? For the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. Because Holy Spirit determined that's what was best for the mission. Listen to me. Here's a great question to to use to filter your decision making. What's best for the mission of God? What's Not what's best for our organization. What's best for the mission? What's best for the mission of God? Because listen, it would have been easy to amass talent in Antioch. It would have been easy to just become hoarders of all of that God was doing in Antioch, but that wasn't the direction of the Holy Spirit. That wasn't the word of the Holy Spirit because there's work to do. There's a mission to to accomplish. There are people to preach to. There are communities to experience the grace of God. And so the filter they used wasn't what's best for our organization, what's best for the mission of God. They were mission focused and that helped make them healthy. Five things, five things that a healthy church is. Next week, we're going to get to six more, but today, five. And I can't think of a healthier church than in the whole New Testament than the church in Antioch. And here's what I know about churches and people. People don't naturally drift towards holiness, and churches don't naturally drift toward health. Let me say that again. People don't naturally drift toward holiness, and churches don't naturally drift towards health. Churches are not naturally healthy because people are not naturally healthy. So come on, right there where you're at, church online today. As we get ready to go into one more psalm before we wrap up, Come on, what is it? What what is it that Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning? In those five areas. Where did, he, where did he kind of do something in your heart? Where did you feel him speaking to you? Which one of those areas for you might be an area of unhealth? Are there gifts inside of you that need to be developed? Come on. And you've let them, you, you've kind of pushed them aside because you were intimidated or you, weren't, you were unsure or you thought you weren't worthy and you just kind of let it slide. Come on, is there some developing? Are you ready to be challenged? We all want to be changed, but we don't want to be challenged. So come on, are you ready to be developed? Does, does the thought of diversity uh, in, in the people of leadership in our church, does that, does that give you a weird feeling? Do you have some issues that you need to work out with God? Come on, how's your spiritual hunger? Where do you, if you had to give yourself on a scale of one to 10, how hungry are you for the move of God? What about, what about your, your listening to him? Are you, are you spirit driven? Are you listening to God and doing what he says? And then last thing, are you mission focused? 
Do you use that as a filter? Do you ask the question, what's best for the mission? What is God wanting me to do right here? How can I, as part of Vertical Church, how can I pursue and display the presence of God right here where I am? So come on, during this song, let's just spend some time asking him, Lord, what are you saying to me? What area do I need to focus on this week so that I can be healthy, so I can help make my church healthy? Come on, let me pray for you, and then let's worship together one more time. Lord, I just pray that during this next song, you would speak to us today, God. Speak to us, show us, God, the area of our life that this week, first week of 21 days of prayer and fasting that we need to focus on. Show us what we need to do and give us the courage to be obedient and do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.